Welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everyone. I'm Jamie West from DivorceCom, along with Tracy Miller, a veteran family law practitioner and uh, just an extraordinary individual in general and a great partner to have in these discussions. Tracy, good to have you back. Oh, it's great to be here. Great introduction. It's always an ego boost, that's for sure. That's my job. I've got to keep you <laughs> got to keep you buoyant uh, in in this job. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, absolutely. And uh, joining us today uh, is Deb Hoffman, who's a collaborative law specialist. Uh, Deb, it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time to be with us today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad you didn't call me a veteran because that would have made me feel old. So I'd rather be a specialist, Tracy. I I tried to tell him it's just a polite way of saying old, but whatever. No, no, no. It's it's about experience and it's about and it's about credibility and it's about helping people. And that's what we do with this podcast. Hopefully, uh, people can take information from uh, the Divorce Solutions podcast and, and put it to use right away. And today we're going to dive right into it. We've we've talked, Tracy, on the, on the show about uh, collaborative law in the past, but Deb, you specialize uh, in collaborative law. Uh, maybe we could start, uh, Tracy and Deb, uh, De- Deb, with what exactly uh, collaborative law is and how it differs from uh, some of the alternative dispute resolution programs processes that uh, we've discussed. Absolutely. Um, I started doing consensual dispute resolution uh, centered on collaborative law six years ago. Before that, I was a litigation lawyer for 25 years, almost 25, and I still was very settlement oriented and had been trained as a collaborative practitioner back in 2004. So I have many years in that uh, field, but really decided that I wanted to assist families in a different way when they separated. And uh, so in 2016, I turned my practice uh, exclusively over to uh, collaborative law. And uh, a collaborative practice really takes into consideration the needs of individual families. Um, if there aren't children, then the two partners or, or more partners, because we certainly have polyamorous relationships that we deal with as well. Um, it takes into consideration the needs and interests of the people who are involved in the separation. And when there are children involved, it's very child focused. So what I mean is that if uh, Tracy and I are involved in a file together, she and I are going to work together to assist the partners in coming up with the best resolution they can for their unique family situation. We also, in collaborative practice, have access to family professionals. These are people who assist us um, with doing some intimate partner violence uh, screening. Um, And they also screen for power imbalances. And they can also assist in uh, drafting and developing parenting plans for parents. So that's a lot that I've just said, and we can kind of unpack that a bit. But it's a very, very different way of approaching family separation. Tracy, where do you want to jump in and start to unpack some of that stuff that Deb's already mentioned? I mean, the first thing that, that comes to mind is I think clients, uh, and I've had them ask, especially when I try and explain to them mediation and what the approach is, um, why would you want to switch from doing court work and litigation, which I think is what clients think is sort of the Cadillac of, of when you want to resolve your matter, that's how you attack it. And I don't know that they understand the whole team approach. Do you know what I mean? Because I think they think the lawyer's supposed to be on my side, it's supposed to be a bit of a brawl, um, and the word team approach just never comes into the conversation. Right, right. and they've watched all the TV shows and yeah. seen all the movies. 
yeah, whose side are you on and why are you not fighting for me and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think um, uh, certainly I've come across that in my practice. Um, and, you know, I used to be known as this this pit bull kind of lawyer, right? The, the mm, kind same, that people yeah. uh, go out and look for because, boy, she's really going to do everything she can for me, which was true because if we ended up in court, I was there because I knew I wouldn't be able to settle it. That was the only reason I was there. So I was out to win. Um, and now I, I look at things in a far different way, although I continue to be an advocate for my client every step of the way in a collaborative practice. I'm going to ask Tracy for her expertise as well. So I'm going to say, Tracy, you and I have an, have an issue here that we have to resolve between these two partners who are separating. Maybe it's a financial um, a cash flow issue. Uh, we're going to have to put our heads together and see what we can come up with, with or for options for them and having them be part of the process of doing this group think so it's a real mind switch from from doing the traditional litigation let's go to court duke it out let's have a judge make a decision it's really it's a huge paradigm shift it is like i mean people yeah people have to start shifting in terms of how they think this process is supposed to go because you can if you want to lawyer up and go to court and and do that you can but then i think jamie's going to tell you by the time you get to the end of that process you're going to wish you'd done it a different way right well people have no idea uh, how arduous the process is how much time's involved we talked about that and the expense and the expense when i talk about the expense it's not just the money it's the stress it's the health it's the it's the relationship breakdowns that come apart from the main relationship breakdown, breakdowns between the parents and the the children and between extended family, on and on it goes, Deb. Absolutely, and uh, I can tell you my experience, and this is what uh, really brought me over to consensual dispute resolution. I don't like to call it alternate because I want it to be the default. Um, so what, what made me come over to this side was my last uh, file that I, I took through the litigation process lasted eight years. So the couple's two sons ended up growing up through their parents' litigation. And I can tell you that was not a good experience for mom, dad, or the two kids. And uh, there was a lot of money that could have otherwise been spent on education, on a, a whole array of things rather than their lawyers. But they became so entrenched through the process that settlement was really not an option for them and um, uh, unfortunately they they became somewhat identified with the court process and so application after application was made Um, and it ended up lasting eight years until we had um, a 36-day trial at the end and so that wasn't good as I say for anyone it was quite brutal and by by comparison although we do have some files in collaborative that might take a little bit more time uh, we've discussed before Tracy how people have to be ready to go through a -hmm. process to separate that means they have to actually accept that they're separating and sometimes that takes some time yeah that whole readiness component is is huge but even with that it often doesn't take you know certainly not more than a year and and uh, sometimes we can wrap it up anywhere between three six eight months um, and then obtain the divorce after that that's been my experience you know that's a big deal Tracy just just before you jump in here that that time frame that you just outlined Deb is is very important for people to hear and to note who are listening to this podcast um, because there is a serious misapprehension of of how time goes when you're involved in any kind of litigative process Uh, it can take weeks for for instance a a lawyer 
um, to get a letter out or to get a response back in a timely fashion. It can take months to schedule a hearing in front of a judge or, you know, these things take a lot of time and people are always um, under the misguided notion that, well, if I send the letter to the lawyer, if my notes to the lawyer today, I should get a response back within an hour, right? And she'll tell the other <laughs> lawyer this afternoon and we'll be in court, I don't know, maybe Thursday or Friday. Oh, good God. It, you know, th- that is really important to note. Uh, but you were going to say, Tracy, sorry. No, I, I just think uh, I think it's important for people to understand that it is a different, it's a different mindset for sure. It's a different paradigm. It's a shift. But I think the other thing is, and I think that's what you were speaking to too, Deb, is people need to understand there's a lot of lawyers that do this that don't want to be in that process, right? Just Mm -hmm. for their own sanity, they don't want to be in the court process and they don't believe it's the right thing, right? Absolutely. I think that um, that I I work with a lot of our newly trained, I'm a collaborative um, professional trainer as well, and I work with a lot of our newly trained um, professionals and and do mentorship. And uh, a lot of them ask me, and in fact, I just got a referral from, from Kingston today, somebody wanting to talk to me about exclusively practicing collaborative law. And I think um, one of the reasons it's so attractive is because you're actually working with people to make their situation better, which I think uh, is is the whole reason we get into this profession in the first place. Many of us are trying to help people through the most difficult situation they they will face in their lives and we want them to come out the other side in a better place not a worse place both emotionally and i mean of course there's going to be a financial hit but we want to lessen that as much as we can so there are a lot of lawyers who this is a very very appealing way to practice their profession because they truly get to be helpers instead of destroyers so at the end of the day um in most cases it's going to be faster which i think everybody always wants to get it over with yesterday most clients i don't know how many times i've heard them say i just want this over with yeah but the other thing is it's going to be more cost effective right cost in terms of money because there's no way you're getting through the court system if you're going the whole nine yards without tens of thousands of dollars yeah yeah and it's going to be less it's going to be more effective in terms of the emotional stress because I think people are worried about sitting down in four-way meetings and having to be sitting in the same room with the ex, how that's going to go. But in my experience, I don't know what you think. I don't think it's that bad most times. No, I I don't either. In fact, I think it's a lot more uncomfortable when you start swearing affidavits um, about somebody's behavior and your recollection of something that might have happened five years ago and it might not even be that accurate. Um, that should be, I think, more uncomfortable than it is to sit down and talk with somebody. In a collaborative process, what we're trying to do is open the lines of communication and actually enhance communication. So what I do as part of my practice is a lot of it is done prior to us ever getting into a four-way meeting with the other lawyer and their client. I do a lot of coaching with my client to ensure that they're ready to go through the process, that they understand that this is something final, that um, this is not to get them back together. This is no form yeah. of counseling. This is something that we're doing because they will. it will result in a separation. If they're not at a place where they can accept that, then we talk about going to get some counseling, sometimes therapy. Um, and then I let the other lawyer know, look, my client isn't ready. So if we push this too quickly, this is not going to result in a resolution for this family. So we have to take it one step at a time. Can I ask you guys who invented collaborative law? Where did this concept originate? 
Stu Webb. <laughs> so Stu Webb was a lawyer in the United States who wrote a letter to a judge and basically said, I, I'm, I'm out for litigation. There has to be a better way to do this. And um, so there is a, a famous letter that gets read at the, the outset of each of our training sessions when we teach collaborative. And uh, it's, it's, you can probably no doubt find it on the internet if people are interested in doing that. But it was a, a letter of a, a soul who was just um, somewhat distraught at the way that courts were ripping apart families, kind of spitting them out at the end with absolutely no increased skill uh, or ability to communicate. And in fact, um, having, you know, torn one another apart with, with um, opposing affidavits and all of that stuff and, and evidence getting up on the stand. And so he, he had reached a, a point where he wanted to do, do it differently and uh, um, recruited a bunch of lawyers uh, to start this collaborative process. And it has evolved from there. Incredible, Tracy. You wanted to say sorry. I, I'm I'm always jumping in like a no go jump like jump a, away like a talk show host. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, Deb. You, you know, people th that come to me and ask me for advice as a communications uh, coach when it comes to divorce and separation. One of the first things that they do to to, to you and Tracy is they they talk about how the lawyers have it all figured out. They're really not looking to collaborate. They're just looking to extend their bill. Well, we've already talked about that. We've talked about how the collaborative process actually shortens the time frame, and time is the money thing um, with uh, law advocacy. You you know, the, the less time it takes, the less it costs. And uh, it's amazing how often I have to talk people off the ledge, so to speak, about lawyers themselves and, and this this image that they have of lawyers. And I suspect it's because of, you know, the, the, the uh, adversarial process that they're all money grubbing people that, you know, are all in it together and they get on the phone and they cut deals and they, you know, there's all this conspiracy theory stuff. And I always say to them, to your point, to both of your points earlier, I would say they don't need the business. Like they have people knocking their doors down. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. they don't need to bleed you. They don't need to run your bill up because they have mm -hmm. lots of people who need their help. And uh, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can say that one of the things I tell people is um, I actually try to reduce my fees in this way. So when you get a family professional involved, and this is a person who is a trained social worker, who is also trained in collaborative practice. So it's a person who, who um, has done counseling, has done uh, their, their child development theory and training and all of that stuff. And this person uh, we invite in to mediate a parenting plan between the couple who, who comes to see us. And instead of the lawyers doing that, so the lawyers would each be charging $350, $400, $450 an hour. So you take two lawyers, $400 an hour a piece, that's 800 bucks. We spend, um, you know, two hours in a meeting um, and you're looking at $1,600. Now you can take one family professional and that person's hourly rate is a lot less. So it's maybe 250 to $300. And the couple shares the cost of mediating for maybe two hours and developing a parenting plan together. Now, it's not just going to take the two hours. It's going to take longer than that. 
but um, but the the cost reduction for the couple, I'm all in favor of that. I don't need to get my hands on that piece of the pie. Uh, I would rather help them focus on the separation of their finances and their division of assets, whether there are support components that we need to talk about, cash flow issues, putting a house up for sale, those kinds of things. That's where the lawyers come in because we can give legal advice about the law and we can draft a contract for them and we can obtain a divorce. But we don't need to be doing the things where we don't have particularized expertise, where you can get the expertise for some from someone else at a much reduced cost. Makes a lot of sense. And, and Tracy, sometimes people think that collaborative means that they it's a kumbaya situation there you know the the exes are going to sit around and sing kumbaya that again you sort of touched on this earlier it's that's not what it means it's it's not um it's not the intense adversarial process of litigation but it's also not kumbaya it's somewhere it's a calm sort of middle ground right well i think people have that misconception about mediation and about collaborative right i think they think that you have to be on great terms and you can get along and you're just going to sit down and, and you know, this is going to be easy. It's not necessarily easy. Um, and, but it, it's just a better way to do it, right? The other thing I was thinking of is, and Deb touched on it, is I think people need to understand when they come in and they go, I just want this over with, right? You may be the one out of the two that decided you were going to separate months ago. There's a continuum, and you've decided six months or a year ago, and you've taken that long to get your head around it. But I think what you were talking about, Deb, in terms of people being ready to accept the separation, I think is crucial. But I think it's also crucial for the other side to realize just because you're ready to deal with it does not mean that your spouse is in a space where they're going to be may be able to start the process, right? Right. And that is where the coaching comes in. And so we can enlist the help of the family professional to assist us with that readiness component as well. But I do a lot of that coaching with my client to develop rapport and trust right at the front end and Mm -hmm. talk to them about, look, what you want is a durable agreement. What you want to negotiate is an agreement that you can both live with, that meets both of your interests, and um, that's going to be long lasting. And if your uh, former partner is coming into the situation and they are still pissed because mm-hmm. the two of you are separating um, and they're locked in because they're going to punish you and take you for everything that you're worth and, and mm-hmm. really dig in, then you're going to be in a bad situation right from the outset. So we talk about that and we talk about giving the other person enough time in addition to the support they need to come to acceptance that you're separating. That's a necessary first step if that's where the other person is at. So um, a lawyer or a family professional being able to um, provide that message and that kind of understanding as to why this other person is angry, digging in their heels, not wanting to come to the table, etc. It can really help them understand why giving up a little bit of time and waiting until they're ready uh, and assisting and supporting in, in becoming ready can really make the difference between a durable agreement and reaching resolution or not being able to reach resolution because they won't come to the table or they're just completely unreasonable. And I tell people that, I don't know, I tell people that all the time, right? It, so much of this job is about timing. And I don't know how many cases you've had, but I've certainly had enough where there would be a proposal on the table and it was completely rejected. And six months later, you end up resolving it. And it's pretty much on the lines of the position that you've taken six months or a year before. But I think it speaks to 
Um, people just have to be in a place where they've got their head around it. And I, I ask people, I mean, you know, does, as your ex accepted that you're separated and most of them go, oh, yeah, 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 I told them or, you know, I've already moved on. You think, no, no, that's not the question. There's a very big difference with people that have accepted the separation as opposed to somebody that's still, like you said, locked in it. And, and hopefully you can get them out of that, I guess. Right. And, and I think that's the benefit, too, of having this social worker who is involved at the front end. So with the changes to the Divorce Act, um, when you're involved in a um, consensual dispute resolution process, there's mandatory screening, as I had mentioned, for intimate partner violence and power imbalance. And power imbalance here is quite key because that one person, the family professional who is trained to screen people will be screening both people. So instead of me just hearing from my client, oh yeah, of course they're ready because I mm -hmm. talked to them, we sat down, we discussed this, the family professional is going to do a debrief with both lawyers and uh, that person is going to say to us, okay, here's where I see some stumbling blocks or you know what, he isn't ready, um, she is ready, uh, they're going to be stuck on this because he doesn't really want to start negotiating yet. Um, and and so they are, are meeting with both people and they're able to see things in a very different light. And then they can come back and they educate the two lawyers about where this couple might get stuck. And, and so we are going in with a lot more information than we ever would if we were each individually interviewing our clients uh, and not getting that perspective from one person seeing both sides at the same time. And it just, when you say that, none of this would happen in the court process. Nope. Well, <laughs> just, sure not, just none of it, right? Nobody cares. So, you lawyer up. Yeah. The timing is what the lawyer set, like it or not, show up and, you know, you're going to do it on whatever days is designated. And there's just none of this, I don't think, in my experience, there's none of this conversation. So none. here's here's a question for for both of you. Um, y you know, uh, you guys are moving into collaborative law, other other forms of dispute resolution. All I keep hearing is I hear it from lawyers all the time. The system doesn't work. As somebody that's spent quite a bit of time in the system, uh, as a litigant, I can tell you it does not work. It does the best that it can. I've said that on this program before. It does the best it can with what it's got. But to make changes in the system or with the statutes, that, that moves like icebergs. Whereas you guys as lawyers have these other ways of do, doing things that don't involve that system to that degree. Is there a grand swell going on among, in your profession when you're talking to other lawyers, when you're, when you're at conventions and things? It, it, do you sense that this is where it's going, that you guys can actually affect the change that we really need? I think that there there is a place for litigation um, because some files, uh, there might be mental health issues or other reasons why um, a, a decision has to be made by a third party. And so I think that litigation has its place um, in family law. I think where we see kind of the groundswell of support for the collaborative process is when the pandemic hit, um, the courts were closed. And so people were really forced to look elsewhere for resolution of their separation. And so uh, in their search, um, a lot 
of people found that collaborative um, practice and process was an option for them. So I started getting a lot more calls at that time. So in early 2020, the summer of 2020, um, I started getting a lot more inquiries as to what is collaborative practice. I think that um, in terms of our colleagues, there are more and more each uh, year who are coming forward and uh, wanting to be trained in collaborative. Um, so I'm hopeful that it is spilling out into the profession in a general way. And um, it, with more people practicing, it's just going to become, as I had said before, the default rather than thinking immediately of going to court. Collaborative is going to be the first thing the lawyer thinks about as well because they've been trained in it and they see the benefits of it. All right. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, Deb, how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to connect with you? Well, my uh, business is called HD Collaborative Law, and uh, you can go onto the internet and search me, Debbie Hoffman, uh, or HD Collaborative Law. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also uh, on Instagram as HD Collaborative Law, and um, my my phone number is uh, a Yukon uh, phone number because I, I've I practice in the Yukon as well. I had lived up there for a number of years, but I practice in both jurisdictions. So anyone from the Yukon as well as from uh, Ontario, because I have a Ontario wide practice, um, you can contact me through my website. I was, I thought maybe you had the phone number in the Yukon because you're, you're pure gold as an advocate. <laughs> I just, oh just, man. I know. Eh? I, I think I need you to market for me, Jamie. <laughs> Tra Tracy Miller, how do people get a hold of you? It's Miller Law and Mediation, and the email is tracy at miller-law.ca. Right, and you can always drop me a line to jwest at, West, uh, Jay West at divorcecom.ca. Uh, and uh, by all means, if you're going to drop me a line, uh, you want to make contact, uh, and you, maybe you've got a suggestion for an episode of Divorce Solutions, we'll take a look at that as well. And uh, we may, in fact, answer one of your questions in a future edition of Divorce Solutions. We always like to say your situation is very specific to you. Therefore, uh, the information and the conversation that we provide here on Divorce Solutions is just that. It's food for thought. But uh, make sure that you consult with your own professional, whether that be a legal professional, whether that be a medical professional or a financial uh, professional. Make sure that you uh, do that. Tracy and Deb, thanks so much for this. I know uh, we'll be getting together again uh, down the road. Deb, uh, thanks for taking some time to be with Tracy and I today. Really appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks so much.